0: hello and welcome to another episode of hit or miss a baseball podcast hosted by me Alexander agula and today we are recording episode number 31 it's been a while since episode 30 but we are back and so excited to talk baseball today we have quite a few topics to talk about right now um Things are interesting in the baseball world right now. Um, it's June. It's officially summer. It is the season of baseball, and things are happening. So, so excited to talk about it. We're going to talk about the AL Central and what is going on over there. The Texas Rangers, who are on top this year. Luis Arias, who is just playing wonderful baseball. Um, a little bit of a sad note. MLB's strongest hitters are currently on the IL super devastating to see the Reds young studs are really branching out and we're going to end it talking about Jacob deGrom and all of that news so a lot to talk about today super exciting stuff though and let's get into it. So let's start it off with our second best team in baseball, the Texas Rangers, who are 40-22 and on the season so far. They are the second best team in baseball. They're behind the Tampa Bay Rays. They are the second team to 40 wins, and they are just playing amazing. It's really a team effort, obviously, but a few of the guys I really want to highlight on the pitching side right now, Nathan Eovaldi, who is literally becoming that guy I mean, are you kidding me? He has an 8-2 record, an ERA of 2.16 as a starting pitcher, 79 strikeouts so far, and only walks 4.6% of the batters that he faces. You're kidding me! This is really good stuff that we're seeing by him, unlike, you know, in years past has shown some struggles, but he's come out, he's made the adjustments, and he's just attacking hitters, which is something that we don't really see a lot of the times with Major League Baseball players right now. A lot of the times, you're trying to pitch around the hitter, trying to get him to chase. That's not really Nathan Eovaldi's approach. He's attacking the hitters. He wants to work all parts of the zone and he's nailing those pitches down. The command is amazing. He uses three main pitches right now. He's using the splitter, he's using the four-seam fastball, and the cutter. And it's super cool to see the way that he uses those when facing right-handed batters and then left-handed batters because for the most part, it's kind of the same. His fastball, usually in the same location for every single batter he faces. On the outside, a little bit, it's in the same area. With his splitter, it's always on the left edge of the plate, nailing that zone down still in the strike zone. And then with his cutter, it's kind of always on the right, no matter lefty or righty, always on the right. So it's super interesting to see though, because most of his pitches take a horizontal break. Especially, the one that's really interesting is his four seam fastball. It averages at 96 miles per hour. That's a a hard fastball, but it's okay because we've seen faster pitches. The special thing about him, though, is that his fastball takes a horizontal break, which, if you don't know, is not as common. Usually, the four seamer, by any pitcher, is a vertical throw. It's a vertical break pitch. It usually drops a couple, but with him, it breaks horizontally. So we're going side to side, left to right, instead of up and down. And it's really cool to see because it breaks more than an average pitcher in terms of spin and everything. And that's something that you don't really see. A lot of the guys when throwing their fastball, they try to nail it in the zone, but it's towards the bottom of the zone. With him, It's still in the middle of the zone where whenever it gets into the catcher's mitt, but it shifts to the right. Super cool to see, and that's really the whole kind of pattern with most of his pitches. Most of his pitches take on a horizontal break rather than the usual vertical. Um, especially his splitter and. If you have not seen videos of the splitter, I definitely recommend that you do because it's crazy. It drops vertically 33 inches, but then it also takes a horizontal break of 14 inches. That is insane. And it's driving batters crazy because they don't know what's going on. Starts off one way, goes the other in completely opposite direction. And it's just the, the way that it attacks the hitters and it hits the zone every single time is so fascinating to look at and so special about him like I said his pitches are meant to be attacked and not left seen so these guys are striking out with the fastball with the splitters usually his put away pitch swinging they're not looking at these pitches because it is a strike and it maintains a strike the whole time but the movement of this ball is just so crazy and it's something that Not a lot of pitchers in Major League Baseball are doing right now. So it's super cool to see his mechanics and the way of that and how everything's looking with that. But he's just such an amazing pitcher and definitely helping out this Rangers team right now. Another guy on the hitting side that I wanted to highlight was Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon, we see you. You are doing phenomenal right now. He's batting 295, has an on-base percentage of 362, OPS of 850, currently just ended a 25-game hitting streak, 3.2 war. Those are the numbers you love to see and you want to see if you are... In the rangers front office this is what they wanted this is what they were looking for this is why they signed him he's on a seven-year 175 million dollar contract that he signed back in 2022 up until 28 and hey last year it was a bumpy road we get it this year he's coming out and he's being that player that they knew was in him and it's super amazing to see that he loves those breaking balls loves the fastballs he's a hard breaking ball hitter which is super fun to see doesn't chase the ball at all has a super low chase rate the exit velo is high of an 88.7 just all the things are looking good for this guy right now and hopefully he can keep it up but marcus Simeon is having one of the best seasons of his career so far so hopefully he can keep it up but those aren't the only two players who are just being phenomenal right now for the rangers the rest of the team is making adjustments adolis garcia continues to smash the baseball that we've always seen in his career But something different, he's not chasing as much. Last year, we saw him chase the ball a lot. This year, he's not chasing as much, you know, compared to last year. The margins are wide and he's fixed it. Love to see it. 15 home runs currently, 52 RBIs, slugging 506, the numbers we like to see. Young got off to a really hot start in the beginning of the season, the beginning of the month, kind of trickling down a little bit, but he's still up there and he's still really good baseball player. John Gray, another starting pitcher who is just, again, phenomenal, 2.32 ERA. This whole Rangers starting pitching is really, really good right now. A little bit on the other side, the bullpen needs a little help, but it's okay because what bullpen doesn't need help. You know what I always say? It doesn't really make sense to address the bullpen right now. that's something you do after the all-star break, and that's what they're looking forward to do. Every bullpen is struggling every bullpen needs help. I think I want to say there's only around two really good bullpens right now. In major league baseball so honestly it's not something to really fret about the only concerning thing is is that when your team is really high ranked and your bullpen era is really high and ranked towards the bottom i want to see they're like there have to be in the bottom 20 of you know, in terms of bullpen ERA, currently sits at a 4.56 and it's something you definitely do not want to see because when you see that your relief pitchers are giving up about three or four runs less than your starting pitchers, it isn't really that good. You kind of want to see that number simmer down a little bit. So, it is kind of concerning at times, but not really a big deal as of now. They're winning games, they're hitting, and that's Honestly, that's what you got to do. Because if it was the opposite and if, you know, they didn't have really good hitters and everybody was slumping and then their bullpen was doing this, but hey, their starting pitching was good, and uh, the ratio wouldn't work and they would not be the team that they are now. So, definitely does need bullpen help. There are rumors that they could trade for a worldest Chapman who honestly could be really good for this team. Uh yes, he isn't like the Roaldis Chapman we saw in 2016 and early 2010s. But hey, he's still a really hard throwing pitcher and honestly I think it could be it could look really good for this Rangers team. But like I said, that's still up in the air. We still kind of have a long way to go until the All-Star break. Actually, I want to say we are we are a month away when I'm recording this until the All-Star game. So A lot could happen. A lot more negotiations could be in the midst of being talked about. So that's really what's going on with the Texas Rangers. I love to see it, and hopefully they can carry this out throughout the whole rest of the season and get themselves a playoff spot. But yeah, that's what we're seeing right there um, in that side of Texas. Moving on, let's talk about our second topic of this episode, the AL Central who is doing the opposite. Um, the AL Central is not looking great so far. Every single team in that division is playing very poorly right now. At one point, they were all playing under 500 baseball right now. The first place team is playing 500, and that's about it. So, not looking great um, and whatsoever. The first place team, the Minnesota Twins, are currently playing 500 they're 33 and 33 I want to say they had a really good April they were 16 and 12 in that first full month of baseball and it's kind of been a downhill slope from there Uh, they haven't been hitting their whole team combined batting average is 226 which is 26th in the league not something you like to see um, so yeah, they've had, faced a lot of in- injuries, Byron Buxton being out, Joey Gallo being out. Really, Carlos Correa has kind of been the holy heavy hitting bat on that team. The pitching, um, Pablo Lopez has had his struggles, but hey, Joe Ryan is looking really good. So unfortunately, there have been some things for the Twins, but in all, they just haven't been good. Uh, the second place team, the Guardians, are close behind. I think they're only, I want to say a game and a half behind. Uh, could take that first place spot easily, they do have an attainable rest of the month, so if they win a couple games, they could be in that spot, recently sent one of their relievers down, called someone up, so again, they're just a team who's working through things right now, and this whole division really is just working through things and trying to find a group, Um, but yeah, that's the second place team for you. Third place team, the Chicago White Sox, who may be turning their season around, they're really the only highlight of this whole division. They're currently seven and three in their last 10, which is phenomenal for them. Um, the only downside, a little bit of good and bad news, Elo Jimenez was down for a couple of days with a lower leg issue, but he did avoid um, being on the IL. So that's the good news, but it is kind of upsetting and kind of annoying when your team is kind of getting on that groove, starting to break out, of the season and one of your really good hitters gets injured but you know what it's okay not on the IL should be okay Kopech and Giolito are looking really nice Hendricks just came back from an amazing amazing comeback and beat cancer down and his first appearance looked really good so that's definitely helped a lot he did recently just land on the IL but it's okay 15 days maybe a little bit longer shouldn't be too much to worry about Uh, The rest of June does look a little bit hard for the White Sox, but they end their June, I want to say, playing the Angels and the Athletics, so maybe pull out on a high note and win some of those games, but maybe this is the breakout moment that we are looking for that the White Sox need. They had a lot of positive hopes coming for them in the offseason. Everybody really looked at this team like, yeah, they can be really good this year, and unfortunately, that just has not shown, but hey it's not too late to turn it around and really get going. So super excited to see what they can do. Um, Fourth place team, Detroit Tigers, they're struggling. Two and nine in the last 10. They just have not been a good team in general. And the last place team, your Kansas City Royals, it's just the same old, same old with them. They've only won 18 games this year so far. So it's really just, it is what it is with them at this point. But yeah, so that's really what the AL Central is looking like right now. It's not good. It's not great. The least competitive division in the whole entire, not even just the American League, but the National League as well. Um, unfortunately, we've seen some really bad games played by them. But hey, some of those teams are kind of exciting to watch. The White Sox maybe can turn this around. Like I said, when the Twins get healthy, they look really nice. So just hoping for that. But yeah, so that's really what's going on over there in the AL Central. Not an interesting division to really watch right now. On another note, let's talk about a player who is hitting and who is doing good. Luis Arias, who is plays for the Miami Marlins, is currently batting over 400 over 400 he's batting 402 the highest batting average in baseball currently and get this out of all the games he's played this season out of all the plate appearances he has only struck out 12 times 12 that is insane he is such a good baseball player he's always been he's always had an eye for the ball he's always been a good bat to ball guy but it's just incredible to see that he's only struck out 12 times this whole season. He takes his walks. Um, he, He's just a really smart baseball player. Baseball IQ is definitely up there. And he has provided a majority of the success for the Marlins so far. The Marlins are currently in second place. I'm on the Marlins' boat. I've always been on the Marlins' boat this whole entire season. They have been the team that I have been rooting for they're in second place. They're four and a half games behind the first place team. The Atlanta Braves, who again, are just a remarkable team and have shown consistency in recent years. But hey, they're coming up behind them. They're in front of the Mets. They are in front of the Phillies the Nationals, like, okay, Miami, we see you. And yes, Luis Arias is providing most of those hits, most of those runs. um, In those series that they played against the Twins, Luis Arias outperformed every single hitter on the Twins team and on the Twins combined. So yes, he is responsible for most of this success. But hey, if it's helping out his team, it is. So Luis Arias, just amazing baseball that he's playing. He's playing really well. Um, Like I said, he always has been and he always has been a really good baseball player, but right now, it's just super incredible to see. So, he's a guy that I definitely wanted to highlight and definitely wanted to mention. Moving on, let's talk about how Major League Baseball's strongest hitters are currently all suffering IL stints. Let's hit it off with Aaron Judge, who is currently on the IL with a toe injury on the IL for 10 days as of now. There is no expected return date. The timeline is not there. Um, With that, kind of comes unfortunate news for the Yankees. A really interesting stat that I found was that with Aaron Judge on the team, with Aaron Judge playing in this Yankees lineup, they score, on average, about five runs per game. Nice. Really good. Without Aaron Judge in the lineup, the Yankees score about three runs per game. That is a two-run differential because of one player are you kidding me? You never see that anywhere else. And honestly, that's more mind-blowing. I'm not thinking it and like an aspect of like, oh my god, that's really, really bad. That's just mind-blowing that Aaron Judge, one singular human being, one singular player, can impact a team so much. That's unbelievable to me. Yes, it is unfortunate that that's the way it is, but that's just crazy unbelievable, really, but anyways, I really don't expect Aaron Judge to be on the aisle longer than 10 days, um, he did, he's not in a boot, he didn't want to be, but I don't think it is super severe, this toe thing, so, if you're a Yankees fan, I wouldn't stress out too much, yes, it is kind of mind-boggling that is, it is a two-run difference when he is not on the team, but hey, it just means that Gene Carl Stanton, that Josh Donaldson, we all got to step up there. But with that, the Yankees did assign Billy McKinney to a major league contract and he's been pretty decent so far. Had a hit, I want to say yesterday in yesterday's game. So, it is what it is. Just wait it out at that point. Moving on, another guy, Jordan Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, we know what he can do. Is currently on the IL with an oblique injury also placed on the 10-day no timeline for him either and this is really upsetting because he's a guy who leads MLB with 55 RBIs he's slugging 589 obviously we know we know that he can crush baseballs 17 home runs so far on the season Um, and yeah definitely a huge piece missing to this Astros lineup Um, but again it's just obliques are just so difficult to kind of guess when it's going to be healed or not because it's just a waiting game. I He's a guy that I do think he will be on the aisle longer than 10 days just because it is an oblique, but um yeah. Unfortunate for the Astros, but uh, they do have Mauricio Dubon filling in and they do have a lot of great outfielders out there, but you definitely do miss that really big bat that he provides. Um And then the third guy, the polar bear, Pete Alonso, you really have the big three right now who are not playing, is also on the i l with a sprained wrist, and I want to say it was a bruised bone as well. He is on the fifteen day i l and he could miss three to four weeks, so this is a guy who we could see out for a while about a month we're talking um is unfortunate uh, for the Mets just because we know that they aren't doing as great this season, currently in fourth place, 31 and 35, uh, nine and a half games behind first place. So yeah, so unfortunate news for that side of New York. um, And obviously the polar bear mashes baseballs. It's fortunate to see him leave when he's leading Major League Baseball with 22 home runs and he leads the National League with 49 RBIs. So unfortunate to see him going the IL, um, but Mark Canha or Mark Vientos could be the ones filling in at first base, definitely not the same, but um, they do have options there. So yeah, like I said, those, you really got the big three of heavy hitters and guys who really crush the baseball all on the IL right now. Um, like I said, I don't think it's a super severe injury with Judge Jordan, maybe it's a little bit different because it is the oblique, and then Pete Alonso does have that timeline of probably three to four weeks. So, unfortunate to see there, but hopefully speed of recovery and then the second half of the season looks great for all of them, hopefully. So, just wanted to touch on those things, but let's move on to another really good hitter that we just found out about let's talk about some of the reds young studs and i first want to start off i kind of have two players to really i guess three to kind of mention who are on the cincinnati reds right now let's start off with the man the myth the legend right now ellie Delacruz. are you kidding me Come on, he's a 21-year-old rookie, 6'5", 200 pounds. He does remind me a lot, love O'Neal Cruz, kind of getting that vibe from him. And He's a switch hitter? Oh yeah, Oh, oh yeah, shortstop. I mean, really, when you watch this guy play baseball, you're like, that is not a Major League Baseball player, that is Superman going out there, that is Captain America Oh my god, he looks like a superhero. He's so far had 21 at-bats on the season. He's had 8 hits, 10 strikeouts. He's hit a home run already, 4 RBIs, 2 stolen bases. So, honestly, the numbers are pretty good so far. But that's not what I really wanted to talk about with him. I wanted to talk about the power and the speed that this man holds. He has an average exit velo of 99 miles per Per hour. Okay? And then more than 89% of the balls that he has hit have had over a ninety-five mile per hour exit velo. Are you kidding me? His first big league hit came off of his bat at 112 miles per hour. You're kidding me. Imagine if that would have been caught. You you're I mean, honestly, the the person who would have caught that had probably would have had like a bruised palm at that point you probably would not be able to feel your hand that is insane coming from a 21 year old rookie <laughs> what the heck is he any- okay get this that's really all of the exit below that's going out there his hardest hit hardest hit ball right now was 114.8 miles per hour this is insane, insane. It's definitely giving the same O'Neal cruise type vibes. That's what we got there with Exit Velo. We know that he is a super hard hitter. Okay, let's talk about his speed. He says that he is the fastest man in the world. And you can be like, yeah, buddy, okay, whatever. You're just saying that, you know, maybe you shouldn't say that because you're a rookie. Like whatever, you're all talk. Get this. He currently has the fastest home to third speed this season. And his 21 at bats, he already has a record of the season. He's already in first place. He has the fastest speed on a triple. 10.83 seconds. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I think it takes me more than 10 seconds to walk down my 16 stairs from my room to the kitchen are you getting me this guy is insane he has a sprint speed of 30.3 seconds that is second in the league second in his league third and everybody he's behind bobby witt jr and behind bubba thompson i think he is tied right now with trey turner but still for a guy who is 21 years old, 6'5", 200 pounds, honestly, this guy is insane. It actually really does surprise me that he is a switch hitter, too. It just makes him all more powerful. But, I mean, it's it's unbelievable what this guy is doing right now at the Major League level. Um, Yes, he only has had a couple of plate appearances, so I'm not saying that. Rookie of the year. No, 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 no. But it is just super amazing stuff to see how much power he has and along with the speed is crazy but yeah wanted to mention him for sure another guy who I like to consider still young Spencer Steer this is only his second career season he's only 25 years old he's batting 283 which is currently the best batting average on this Reds team um 35 RBIs doing well Hunter Green Hunter Green we're moving to pitching Hunter Green you are insane Okay, I don't care what the numbers have to say right now. Yes, he does have a 401 ERA. He has gotten bounced around a little bit as of lately, but he still has 97 strikeouts. That's fifth in the league, 97 strikeouts. His fastball is so consistent at 98 miles per hour. His slider has a whiff rate of 41.2% with with a whiff chase rate of 71.4% are you kidding me? And you know what hitters do? They pop it up. His slider gets pop-ups. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. He's insane. Insane. Yes, he has shown recent decline and, you know, hitters are starting to hit off of him, but the guy has really good stuff and a lot of talent. And it doesn't speak for this team because the Reds currently sit in third place in the NL Central. They're four games behind the Brewers. Anything can happen in that Central Division, honestly. So, hey, they got some really good players on that team. And if you are a Reds fan, honestly, you're just super excited for these players. They're currently 4-6 and six in their last 10, 30-35 on the season. They have a really hard rest. No, not really hard, but they have a hard rest of the month. So, maybe hit or miss there. But, like I said... If you are rooting for the Reds this season, I'm honestly rooting for the Reds players this season, and I think everybody should be too, because they got some pretty incredible players on this team. But yeah, definitely want to highlight them, highlight of the episode, to be honest. Anyways, let's end it off with our last topic and talk about another man, the myth, the legend, Jacob deGrom. Jacob deGrom, who is an incredible, incredible pitcher. Hopefully, he's in the Hall of Fame. He's going to miss the remainder of this 2023 season with a torn UCL ligament in his right arm. (laughs) This is super unfortunate news to everybody. Just not if you're a Rangers fan, but to everybody. Because this probably means that he's going to need Tommy John. And you do not want to see Jacob DeGrom, arguably the best pitcher in baseball for my era, I want to say miss this whole entire season and probably miss the beginning of next season. It sucks. It really does suck. He's on a five-year, $185 million contract with the Rangers. Um, he did finish the season on kind of a high. He had two wins um, with a 2.67 ERA, 45 strikeouts, and 30.1 innings, only nine earned runs, only walked four. So not bad, but again, he just has had a lot of recent injuries and we've seen it, um, but he has been just such a legend. He's never finished a season with a ERA over four ever in his 10 seasons of playing baseball, but again, when you pitch like that, when you have that command, when you throw at that high of a speed, your arm gets sore, and it gets tired after a while, especially with his mechanics, especially him being a little bit of an older guy. He's 34 years old, so... Unfortunately, these things happen in baseball, and just not really good news in the baseball world, really, not only if you are a Rangers fan, but definitely does not stop the Rangers from being a good ball club, because like I said, they have really good starting pitching without him, but it is heartbreaking, um, because you want to see him play, because he is Jacob DeGrom, you know, he's, he was amazing with the Mets, he's been in the small sample size, he's been good with the Rangers. And it's just unfortunate that we can't really see that carry through for a while. So that's really that. I know I, it's not great that I ended this episode on a kind of a sad note, but I think we can just look forward to the future. Um, there are a lot of young pitchers coming up, but it again, it's Jacob deGrom. It's a guy that you grew up watching, you know, from long hair to short hair. And he's, he's just a great guy a great pitcher, phenomenal pitcher, so it is heartbreaking to see, but hey, hopefully he gets to come back, and it was, it's pretty emotional for everyone, if you didn't see the video of him kind of tearing up, um, talking about it to reporters, it is, it is a big deal, so um, hopefully things can look better for him in 2024, and hopefully that he can come back and really dominate again, so it's all right, we're gonna look at this on the bright side, but yeah, so that really ends our episode. Sorry again, ended on such a bad note, but we are gonna close out with our hit or miss teams of this week's episode. and come on, our hit team has to be the Texas Rangers. Come on, they are just doing great right now, and nobody would have predicted in the off season that they were going to be the team they are now, and I'm not saying that yeah, they're gonna win the World Series. Maybe not, but it would be super interesting if this, they can carry out, you know, this hot streak that they're on for the remainder of the season. They're 41-23. and 23. They're five games above the Astros, so they kind of have a little bit more of a cushion, you know? So it's looking pretty good, and honestly, I just hope that they could remain like this and they can keep it consistent. I love the players right now, how they're playing. Um, everything just... I feel like is clicking, even though with the unfortunate news of Jacob Degrom, I feel like this ball club is still good and still outshines most of them. So, that's gonna be my hit team, my miss team. This is hurts me personally. If you know, you know. The Chicago Cubs are going to be my miss team of the episode, which obviously does hurt me because I am a Chicago gal. The Chicago Cubs are my home team, and yeah, they're my favorite team. They have to be. So it is, um, it does hurt me a little bit when I have to say that. Um, But honestly, it's the truth. They have not been playing really good baseball. They have played some easier teams and they lost some series. They should have won the series against the Angels and they didn't. Um, and it just has not been looking good at all they haven't been hitting the pitching has been good though Marcus Stroman Kyle Hendricks almost had a no hitter pitched eight innings only allowed one hit um in their win against the Giants last night but besides that the bullpen still struggles a lot and it's a lot of missing pieces there and just really you know hitting as well. Dansby Swanson started off really well and he was really hitting. Kind of hit a little bit of a slump and now not so great. So definitely has not been really good for the Cubs as of lately. they are last in batting average amongst these this past week um, out of every team last in OPS I want to say too hits as well. Not something you want to see with the ball club who does have good players. Say Suzuki, Ian Happ, who really isn't hitting right now. Nico Horner, Dansby Swanson, Trey Mancini, um, Patrick Wisdom, also in a slump. Jan Gomes. Like, there are guys who could hit the ball around. And really, the only one who's taking it right now is Mike Talkman, Tauch- who. Honestly, it's just been really the only great player as of recently. Cody Bellinger, still in the IL. Hopefully, he gets back soon because this team needs him. And honestly, if this team is going to turn it around, they have to start doing something now because they're six and a half games behind the first place Pirates, two and a half games behind the third place team, the Reds. And honestly, who, I mean, the next few games this goes for any single team the next few games the next few series july the first half of july before the all-star break is make or break moment because it really decides if you're a ball club like the cubs in that same realm if you're going to sell at the deadline so it's really important these next few games to really give it your all at this point, they go up against the Pirates in their next series. They won the series against the Giants, Um, go up against the Pirates, then facing the Orioles, Pirates again, and then end off this month playing the Cardinals, Phillies, and Guardians. So maybe they can get a couple of wins there. But like I said, if this team doesn't want to sell at the deadline, they better pull out a few W's right about now. So that's really it. For my Miss team. It is unfortunate. Hopefully, next week, they won't be, but those are my hit or miss teams of this week's episode. I will be back next Monday, and you'll hear from me talking more baseball. You guys get a bonus episode this week with another Cubs episode coming out on Monday as well, so two episodes this week. Next week, we will have a regular Monday episode, and then a cubs episode on thursday so look forward to that thank you guys all again for listening and you'll hear from me next week bye